0: Welcome to the Experienced Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Kyle Brownlee. It's our prayer that this message is not only an encouragement, but a blessing to your life. Get ready to, to get into the message. Um, I'm excited because uh, Stephanie and, and we had the conversation a few months ago about a word God had been beginning to stir in her heart. And and man, we just knew it was it was. For today and so I just want you to know you're not here by accident I believe God's got a word for you I believe God wants to encourage you and challenge you and uh, Stephanie and her husband Bill Lammers uh, lead our amazing Dream Center along with a ton of other things that they do around here and so I'm excited for her to to bring the message today so help me welcome Stephanie to the stage today
1: good morning and Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room. Wow, I love Pastor Kyle's idea, Mother's Day week. How many moms are with me? We're getting spoiled and celebrated all week. And I just, first of all, I just want to take a moment and honor my mom, who's actually joining online this morning all the way from Florida. And I don't know where I would be without her and uh, my mother-in-law, who's in the room this morning, and honestly, so many spiritual mothers who have been like moms to me, who have spiritually poured into me. I am beyond grateful for them. And again, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them. And so as we get ready to dive in, I just really even felt as we were worshiping that you know, Mother's Day is this special time to celebrate being a mom, being a spiritual mom, and I just felt like it can also be this painful reminder for some who, who maybe haven't had a, a mom involved in your life, or maybe you've been longing to be a mom. And I just felt even as we were worshiping that God just wanted me to remind someone in the room this morning that he's calling you to be a spiritual mother to somebody. A spiritual mother to impart wisdom into other people again I wouldn't know where I would be at today if it wasn't for my spiritual mothers and so I want to say happy Mother's Day I can't wait to hear all the stories of how you're getting spoiled all week long and we're in this amazing series called heart and soul and before we dive in I just want to tell the title of my message is the overlooked soul but I want to look into the cameras and I want to Welcome, all of you who are joining us online this morning from our correctional ministries all throughout the country, and then those who are joining us from the Belize Central Prison. We love you all, and we're so grateful to have you part of our church family. Defiance, can we welcome them this morning? Pastor Kyle has brought some powerful messages the past two weeks on the restless soul and the heavy heart. And today I'm going to dive into a message called the overlooked soul and I'll dive right into the definition and I'll define what does overlooked even mean. And the definition says overlooked can be defined as neglect, ignore, overlook, Forget to pass over without even giving due attention to look over and see life can get so busy and life can get so full that we can overlook caring for our souls. We can even sometimes be doing the right things and good things spiritually. We can be opening up our Bible and reading our Bible. We can be coming to church and, and even worshiping. And, but yet at the same time, we can be overlooking, caring for the health of our souls, and so why is this so important? to have soul health. Well, throughout scripture, Jesus made it very clear that he made us body, soul, and spirit. And I heard it defined this way before. And it says, we are a spirit with a physical body and a soul. We are a spirit with a physical body and a soul, and that soul contains our mind, our emotions, and our will. So the soul contains this mind, our emotions, how we feel, that that heart part of us, how we feel about life, how we feel towards others, and our will. But see, in scripture, it also tells us that Jesus makes us whole and holy by fitting us together body soul and spirit and there's another scripture reference in deuteronomy it tells us that when we seek and search after the lord with all of our heart and soul that that's when we will find him And as I really dove into some of the scripture and studying for this morning's message, I couldn't help but go back to some years where I worked as a cardiology nurse. And so I worked in a department and cardiology is taking care of the physical heart. And so I worked as a cardiology nurse for many years and, and we would treat patients all of the time with heart conditions. So here's my model of the heart and we'd have patients come in and we'd see uh, newborns all the way to elderly and i'd be able to sit with patients and and help care for them and and take care of them and we'd have patients come in with all sorts of heart conditions you know some babies we would actually have come in and they would be born with conditions of the heart some elderly had conditions of the heart where over time their their arteries had become brittle maybe the valves within their heart stopped working we even had some really really rare cases where we had a few come in and the the way that they were born was that their heart was actually turning in the opposite direction the opposite side of what it was supposed to be and so we would see people with heart conditions all of the time and i remember one day specifically i can i can picture this day like it was yesterday i had this woman come in and I was getting her ready for the doctor to come in to see her. And um, the medical term that we would use is we would triage them. And triage is a, a fancy medical word. Basically, we would ask them questions about their symptoms. We would ask them questions. We would take their blood pressure, listen to their heart, do some EKGs. And then we would be able to prepare them before the doctor would come in to talk with them further. And I remember I was asking this woman questions. I was triaging her and getting to to maybe what the root was happening within her, her heart. And right before I was getting ready to leave the room to call in the doctor, I asked her the question, is there any other symptom or pain that you are experiencing anywhere in your body that maybe you haven't mentioned yet? And she said that that's interesting that you asked that because, you know, there is kind of this odd pain right here in my wrist and and I've had it for just a short bit, but I wasn't going to mention it. But now that you ask, I've been having this odd pain right here in my wrist. And one of the things that we were trained in in cardiology was that see pain in the wrist can often be a very rare symptom of a woman who's having a heart attack. And so sometimes it doesn't present itself as that, that chest pain or an elephant on your chest, but it can present itself in this symptom, like a wrist pain, a mild pain. And so I immediately take note and I had the doctor come in immediately because I knew that something more serious was probably going on in her heart. And so I remember that day we quickly rushed her off to a hospital. She had a procedure and actually what they discovered in her heart was that she actually had one of the main artery and vessels in her heart that supplies the main blood flow to every organ within our bodies was 99% blocked, 99% blocked. And I thought, what, had she, what if she would have overlooked sharing that minor symptom with me? What, what if she would have overlooked just what seems so insignificant, but could have had a deadly effect on her? And I got thinking, what if we overlook the small things that seem so insignificant These these things in our life that can actually lead to a bigger effect. See, because symptoms within a body, our souls can actually develop conditions. See, when we overlook our soul, there can be conditions within our souls that develop. And this morning I wanna share two conditions that can develop when we overlook our souls being healthy. And the first, if you're taking notes, is a battered soul, a battered soul. You know, a while back, I was invited to go on this women's retreat. And and I just have to say, I didn't even really know what was ahead at this retreat. All I knew is that I didn't have to cook for a few days. Any moms in the house know exactly what I was feeling. I didn't have to cook. I didn't have to clean. I didn't have to unload the dishwasher. And I was ready to go. And I remember we, we, we arrived at this retreat house. And I remember walking in and it was beautiful. And I just remember again, I didn't even really know what to expect, but the moment that I walked into this house, I like my eyes filled with tears immediately. Now, what you have to know is I was not sad to be there. I was very happy to be there but I couldn't quite put my finger on the emotion that I was feeling. It's something, I, I just felt this emotion in me and, and I wasn't sad. Actually, I was in this good spiritual place. I mean, love the Lord and I'm coming to church, and I'm serving and I'm opening my Bible and I'm reading scripture and I'm worshiping, And but I just couldn't quite put my finger on it. And throughout the rest of the day as I really just began to, to pray, and seek, what kept coming to my mind was this. See, I had a battered soul, a battered and bruised soul, and I didn't even realize it. See, battered can be defined as this, damaged or worn down by hard use, injured by repeated blows, hurt by repeated hits, one hit after another. See, I was walking through a time where I had some betrayal from someone that was very close to me. I had some others who, who had misunderstood me. A- and when I went to seek them for, for reconciliation, they didn't desire that. And, and it was hurtful. I was hurt. It was like one hit after after another. And then not long after that, a loved one died of a long and ugly journey with cancer. And it felt like one hit after another. And it wasn't just the big crisis things. It was like the small day-to-day hits. You know, it was just those little things that just feel like they just kinda hit you in the gut. One thing after another. And what I had come to realize is that my soul had become battered. But here's the thing about battered souls that we have to be watchful for, because if we have a battered soul for too long, it can actually lead us to a bitter soul. A battered soul condition that's untreated can actually lead to a bitter soul. And I wonder how many of us in here today might be having a battered soul in some way, shape, or form. But the encouraging thing is that God tells us through Scripture, we don't have to go through this alone. We don't have to work on our battered souls alone. See, in Scripture, you'll see in Psalms 9, 9 through 10, it says, God's a safe house for the battered. A sanctuary during bad times. The moment that you arrive, you relax. You're never sorry that you not. Psalms 34, 17 through 18 says, is anyone crying for help? God is listening. He's ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Battered, bruised, kicked in the gut. There's a story in scripture that we're going to dive into today. A woman who was battered. And if you've heard of this story, maybe some of you are familiar. It's the woman at the well. She was a woman who was beaten and battered and bruised from life. And, and I'll share the, the story. Here's Jesus, and he's with his disciples, and he's on this journey, and he makes this stop in Samaria. And, and, the, and the disciples had gone on to get food in the city, but the scripture tells us that Jesus actually stopped at the well to get a drink. And some translations will say he was tired from the trip. But as we dive into this story, we see that he didn't just stop because he was tired and needed a drink. He had a whole deeper purpose for stopping at that well. See, Jesus knew that he was going to encounter and meet a woman who was battered and bruised from life. And he had something special for her that would forever change her life. And so when we dive into this story in John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, it says a woman, a Samaritan came to draw water. And Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman taken back asked, how come you, a Jew, you're asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? See, because Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dealing, talking with Samaritans. But Jesus answered, and this is what he said in verse 10, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. See, Jesus had the answer for her. He knew what her battered soul needed. See, Jesus used this analogy of the living water because he knew that we would understand this analogy of water as well as the Samaritan woman. See, because we can't live without water. We need water to physically live and survive. And he was painting this analogy picture for this woman. He's like, I have something for you that will give you sustaining life. And see, something that we know about this woman is that the story tells us that she came to the well at noon. Now, what you would know from scripture is that the women came to the well to fill up their buckets of water for their families early in the day. Nobody would choose to come at noon at the heat of the day in the middle of the day. But this woman came at noon because see, she was shunned from community. She, she was overlooked because of her past. Okay. She was kind of kicked out in a sense. So she came at noon and Jesus knew he was going to encounter her and give her something that would not only care for her battered soul but would cure her of her second condition. And if you're taking notes, the second condition that can come as a result when we don't have our souls healthy is number two, is a weary soul. A weary soul. See, this is beyond the typical tired soul. This is beyond that internal fatigue like, a drive-through coffee can fix. Any moms in the house thankful for the drive-through coffees? You know, this is like the kind of tire that the coffee shop cannot fix. See, she was weary. She was worn out from her past and what she was carrying in her present season. She wasn't just battered and bruised, but she was weary. And and the passage goes on in John 4, 11 through 12. And it says, the woman said, sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with. And this well is so deep. So how are you going to get this living water? are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it? He and his sons and livestock passed it down to us? Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. But anyone who drinks the water that I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artisan spring within gushing fountains of endless life. And the woman said, sir, give me this water so I will never thirst again. I won't ever have to come back to this well again. See, Jesus knew that she was in a desperate state of needing the living water. He wanted to give her what she really could hydrate on, hydrating on something that would sustain her for life, to give her what she needed for the rest of her life, that she would never thirst again. Could it be that the Samaritan woman was soul dehydrated? Could it be that she was trying to hydrate on the things of this world? because we know in, in in story that she had been married for five times so could it be that she was trying to hydrate on men in love and approval She didn't know these were the things that seemed like they would fill her for life, but she didn't know that there was something else and Jesus is about to share it with her, the living water. See, Jesus knew what it would take for her to be sustained for life and he does the same for us. He gives us these keys for sustaining soul health. And if you're taking notes in our remaining time, I want to share these. Number one, the first key is to check our source of hydration. Check our source of hydration. How many of you in here have ever been dehydrated before? Like truly dehydrated? You know how miserable you feel when you're dehydrated. I mean, it can wreak havoc in your body, right? You've got headaches and fogginess and you're irritable and you're frustrated. And you can, it can even lead to leg cramps and body aches. And it can even lead to internal issues, like kidney issues, if dehydration is there for too long. And see, here's the thing. Jesus knew that she was so dehydrated. See, Jesus was actually trying to get to the Samaritan woman's heart. He was trying to get to the bottom of her heart and really point out what she was needing, which was a sustaining love from the father trying to get this Samaritan woman to see that no earthly man's love would sustain her for the rest of her life. He was trying to get to the bottom of her heart to show her that he could offer forgiveness for her sins and offer her forgiveness for her holistic healing to heal her body, soul, and spirit. See, and Jesus knew that before she could go on, she needed the sustaining hydration and water of God. But here's what he knew first. He needed her to acknowledge what was she drinking from? What was she hydrating on? See, even we can get our temporary hydration. We can look to the things of this world when we have bruised souls and battered souls and weary souls and we can reach for the next thing to try to hydrate us. I call them those temporary grabs of happiness and they do last for just a second and then all of a sudden we realize they won't hydrate us forever. How many of the moms in the room absolutely and the women love Marshall's being right next door? Marshall's can give us a temporary happiness. And we can grab for these things in our life, the next drink, the next relationship, the next shopping, the next thing, the next move up the ladder in our job. And here's what they do, they temporarily hydrate. But Jesus knew they would not sustain us like the living water does. What I find is so interesting in the, the rest of the story is that Jesus then tells the Samaritan woman, he says, go get your husband and bring, her to the, bring him to the well. And she answers by saying, but I'm not married. And he goes on by saying, I know that you're not married. You've actually been married five times and the man that you're living with now is not even your husband. Now, Jesus' intent there wasn't to correct her. It's just to show her, I know your story and I love you too much to leave you where you're at. See, Jesus knew her story. He knew the condition of her soul, but he also knew that he loved her so much that he wasn't going to leave her in the condition that she was in. He could read her heart and he can read our heart as well. How many of us in here have somewhat felt like sometimes we can just hide it. We can just keep it hidden. We just need to have it all together and look like we have it all together on the inside, but inside we're aching and we're hurting and we need the living water. And Jesus was reading her heart and he reads our hearts as well. In Proverbs 15, 11, it says, even hell holds no secrets from God. Do you think he can't read human hearts? He cared and he loved the Samaritan woman too much to keep her there. And that's how it is for us. See, Jesus desires us to come with this this broken spirit, this contrite spirit. Before him surrendered with humility that says, I am hurting. I'm a mess. I keep going back to this thing, God, that I think is going to hydrate me. And it's just not working. He reads our hearts and he wants us to come before him, to cry out before him with this humble state. To say, God, I need the living water that only you can give. And I remember even as I was walking through that season where I felt like my soul was battered, I came to this place, I just got real honest with God. I just got so honest with him. I said, man, I'm serving you, God, but I just feel disappointed. Why are people misunderstanding? Why are people that we love betraying us? Why are these things happening behind our back? I got real with God. And here's what the beautiful thing that God began to show me. He's my ultimate physician. He is our ultimate physician. He does not leave us there. He heals our hearts and souls and our conditions. He takes our conditions of our hearts, the messy circumstances around us, and he not only repairs them, but he restores them, he redeems them. When he redeems us, he buys back. He's he's paid the price to buy back and give us what he ultimately desires for us. And maybe you're feeling a bit battered and weary today, but God intends for us to not stay there. He desires to repair and restore our spirits. But here's what it takes from us. It takes a humility, a surrender, a broken spirit. Can I just say, dying to self, not feeling like we have to figure it all out, but coming to this place to say, God, search me. I surrender this circumstance to you. I surrender my heart to you. It's the posture of our hearts. And you know what happens when we posture our hearts before the Lord? He helps us, number two in our notes, the second key, he helps us to set our minds We cannot set our minds on the things of the Lord unless we've postured our heart before him. And scripture tells us in Colossians, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. See, this is so key for us to have a healthy soul. It's so easy for us to fix our minds and set our minds on all the things that are happening around us in the natural i don't know about you guys but i don't typically wake up and my feet hit the floor and i'm automatically thinking of all of the goodness things of god i have to train and set my mind to think on things above it's so easy for us to focus on the things around us that we see with our natural eyes man i'm working on this relationship I'm just not seeing any progress. Man, I've been praying for my children. I'm not seeing anything happen. Man, I've been praying for this breakthrough at my job. It just seems like I'm going backwards. I'm showing up at work. I'm doing my best. It feels like I'm being undervalued. And and it can be so easy for us to fix our minds and our eyes there. But God calls us to set our minds, to set our minds on things above. So how do we practically, do this? How do we practically set our minds on things above? And scripture tells us that we must fix our minds on the promises of God. We must fix our minds on the promises of God because, see, it's the promises of God's word that will activate hope within us. It will activate faith within us. It will get our eyes off of our natural circumstances and onto the promises of God and what he can and will do In our circumstances, it's the word of God in Ephesians. It also talks about how he cleanses us with the word of God. When we open the word, we read the word, we declare the word. We speak the word it actually cleanses us. So God's word is the living water. It's what restores us. It's what makes us whole. It's how the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through his word. So how do we set our minds? Philippians 4, 8 says it so clearly. Here's how we fix our minds. It says, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable... And worthy of respect, whatever's right and confirmed by God's word. Can I just stop there for a minute? If we're having some thoughts and it doesn't line up with the word of God, they're not from God. The thoughts, he wants us to fix our minds on things that line up with the word of God. And that that scripture goes on. Think about what is pure, what is wholesome, what is lovely, what brings peace. Peace. One of the greatest things that the enemy loves to get at our minds is the what ifs. What if this happens? What if I keep praying and that, that doesn't happen? What if this? What if that? This fear of the unknown, the fear of the future, that's when we know that our minds aren't fixed on the things of God, the promises of God. Because he says that when we fix our minds, it will bring peace to our hearts. Peace to our souls. And that passage goes on. It says, whatever is admirable, whatever has good repute, if there is anything excellent, if there's anything that's worthy of praise, think continually on these things. And I love this part. It says, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Implant them in your heart. See, in that season when I felt so battered and weary, I, I was reading the word. But I began to realize that there was a lot of the word that wasn't implanted in my heart. And one day I just was being really gut honest with my daughter. Can I just say, moms, some of the best things we can give our kids, just be real with them. Tell him about our struggles. Tell them about the things we're dealing with. Point back to God. I said, Addie, to my daughter, I said, Addie, I'm hurt. I'm dealing with some of this. I said, I'm really wanting to dig deeper in implanting the word of God in my heart so that I can fix my eyes when those, those thoughts of negativity or the thoughts of hurt or those hits from life or those disappointments try to hit, but my mind is so fixed on Jesus and fixed on the promises of God that that living water just washes that out. And as I began to share with her, she shared something with me that she she had been doing for a while. She said, "Mama, I have to share this thing that I'm doing to, to get God's word in my heart. And I don't know where she had learned it, but I'm gonna tell you, it spoke to this mama's heart. She actually pulled back her sleeve and she had all these random letters all over her arms. She began to say scriptures. And she said, mom, one of the things that I've been doing is I, I just write the first letter of each word of the Bible verse on my arm. And it's been helping me to memorize scripture so, this mom got a Sharpie pen out and started marking my arms up. Psalms 19 7. Here's the word that they're going to pull up on the screen. I declared over myself. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The law of the Lord, the word of God is so perfect. It restores not one part of us, not two parts of us. It restores the whole part of us, body, soul, and spirits. The Word of God helps us to fix our minds on things above. Did you know that the Word of God actually resets the heart? There's an actual medical procedure that that they'll do to reset the heart when it's in a wrong rhythm the procedure is called cardioversion and what it does it, it actually converts shocks in essence back into place this abnormal heart rhythm that's not beating correctly and it converts it back into the normal rhythm that's what the word of God does for us. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit does. It's like, you just feel like something's off. When these people would come in and they'd say, I just don't know how to explain what, my heart feels off. It's like, something's not beating right. I remember doing those EKGs and their hearts weren't in the right rhythm. Some of our hearts, our souls aren't in the right rhythm, but we can't quite put our, our finger on it. But the Holy Spirit saying today is like, I wanna convert it. I wanna put it back in the original design and condition that I made it for. See, because when I was going through that really battered season, as I pressed into the Word of God, I implanted the Word of God in my heart, I worshiped, I asked the Holy Spirit, He converted this bruised condition for a joy condition. I felt free. I felt lighter. You guys, I didn't feel heavy. It felt light. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit and the Living Water does for us. It converts these conditions when we're weary. The Holy Spirit says, I want to convert that. I want to change that. I want to give you a zest for life, a vitality for life, a fervor for life like you've not had before. And you know how it's possible? The Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So as we get ready to close this morning, can I just ask you to just close your eyes right where you're at this morning? Because the word says that Jesus said, all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. I'm going to give you rest. I'm gonna give you freedom and joy and peace and healing, restoration in your heart redeeming those things that you thought were too far gone. Can I just say, I think that there could be somebody or somebody's in the room that you might be feeling like, I wonder if it's too late for me. And the ultimate physician is saying, it is never too late for me. He wants to restore, he wants to repair, he wants to redeem you. And I wonder so many times we can avoid wanting to kind of give God permission <laughs> I had so many people who would come into the doctor's office and they just say, I didn't want to come in for this appointment. I didn't want to get checked out, but it saved their lives. And this morning, as I close, I want to read and declare this passage over us as you just keep your eyes closed. I just want to declare this scripture over us out of James 1 21. It says so get rid of all uncleansliness and all of the remains of wickedness and with a humble heart, a humble spirit receive the word of God, which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart, which is able to save your souls. With every eye closed, I just want to give us an opportunity. If that's you this morning, you just feel like, man, I'm, I feel battered. I feel beaten. I feel weary. Can you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you this morning. You've got some things going on internally. Maybe on the outside it looks like it's going okay, but internally you're hurting. I want to pray for you. I see the hands all over the room. God, we just lift up. These sons and daughters that are in the room, God, that are feeling beaten by life one hit after another, God. I thank you, Lord, that right now you are restoring their souls. You are redeeming their stories, God. That, God, you are bringing fresh life to them, the living waters, God, to give them joy, to give them peace, God. Thank you, Jesus for the healing that takes place, God, when we sit in your presence, Holy Spirit. As we continue to pray, maybe this is the first time that you've even heard about this Jesus, and you've never had an opportunity to to surrender your heart and your life to him, and and you want to today. I wanna give you this opportunity. If that's you in this place, can you just raise your hand? I wanna pray with you and for you just repeat this prayer after me father i come to you this morning and i surrender my heart to you i acknowledge that you are the son of god i ask you to forgive me to lead my life in a way that would honor you In Jesus' name. And God, I just pray for each and every son and daughter that leaves this room today. God, I thank you for the joy that you are filling in their souls and in their hearts, God. The freedom that you're bringing in this place, God. We give you all glory and all praise. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Amen.
0: Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not... That's what happens when you wait. It's what happens when you wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew. Their strength They shall mount Up on wings Like an eagle And soar They shall walk And not get weary They shall run And not faint That's what happens when you wait That's what happens when you wait Oh, they that wait They that wait On the Lord Shall renew Their strength they shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. That's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you wait. Oh, they that wait. from joining us. We here at Experience Church love you and are praying for you. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our hope.